0: May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be always acceptable in thy sight, O oh Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. Two things. Uh, Kelsey, I think, Sailor gets an award for that is the longest I've ever seen her stand still. <laughs> Except when the arms started moving, I said, well, okay. And then, you know, I, people get crazy because my stole is off, you know, and they, they think they, they, they can't concentrate. I think that's silly. But it it is what it is. But this morning at the early service, I looked up before I was going to preach, and this, the Paul was like that. And I'm like, now I can do it. Now I can concentrate and talk. Okay. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be always acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, this is Good Shepherd Sunday, and I want to talk to you this morning about Psalm 23. The big idea is the Lord is my shepherd. He knows me. He guides me. He protects me. He loves me. He knows me. He guides me. He protects me. He loves me. uh, The context for Psalm 23 is probably 2 Samuel chapters 15 through 19. And David's son Absalom rebelled against his father and raised an army, and David had to flee Jerusalem. And in those chapters, there's a back and forth and a rising up and a going down, and finally Absalom is killed in battle, and David resumes the throne. But you can, as you're reading through that and you think of Psalm 23, you think of as I, you know, the day that I walk the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And you get a sense of what was going on with that psalm because that's what was going on in his life. It's a well-known psalm. Um, I'd say that the, uh, the, what the probably the most well-known verse is John 3.16, Uh, You know, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son to the end that all that believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And probably the the, the most well-known part of the Old Testament is Psalm 23. When Kathy was witness to and and, uh, Mary Beth Affelt shared the gospel with her all those years ago, and she laid in bed that night, the only scripture that she knew by heart was Psalm 23, and she said it. And she said she felt warmth from, from her head to her feet as she said that psalm psalm 23 the lord is my shepherd it's the present tense and every word is important the lord not a lord not some lord the lord the one and only jesus christ the one and only good shepherd is not was, not not will be, not someday, now, right now. This day, this hour, this minute, this second. My, personal possessive pronoun. Kathy is my wife. I don't possess her, own her, but we have that relationship. Liam is my son. Lily and Fiona are my grandkids. We have that relationship, right? Relena, Caden are your kids. You have a very special relationship with them. That's the kind of relationship that God wants us to have with him, personal, deep, ongoing, never failing. Shepherd, he knows me, he guides me. He protects me. He loves me. The shepherd will lay down his life for the sheep. (laughs) Jesus laid down his life for me. He laid down his life for you. If vocation, education, or people, or ourselves, or our shepherds, we will be frustrated. If we are following anything except Jesus in this life, we will be frustrated. Max Lucado Uh, wrote a version of Psalm 23 that sounds like this, I am my own shepherd. I am always in need. I stumble from mall to mall and shrink to shrink, seeking relief but never finding it. I creep through the valley of the shadow of death and fall apart. I fear everything from pesticides to power lines, and I'm starting to act like my mother. I go down to the weekly staff meeting and I'm surrounded by enemies. I go home and even my goldfish scowls at me. I anoint my headache with extra strength Tylenol. My Jack Daniels runneth over. Surely misery and misfortune will follow me and I will live in self-doubt for the rest of my lonely life. This is somebody who's following the wrong path, the wrong person. He's following him or herself. my value is derived from the shepherd's care for me not from worldly values so many young people today their their value is depends, dependent on social media they put stuff up on twitter or facebook or snapchat or instagram or vine or all these other tiktok oh and you're 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 pointing at your 10-year-old son over here And so it's how many shares and how many likes and how many this and how many that. That makes me an important person. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Our value comes not from our profession or our portfolio or how many letters I have after my name because I'm so smart. It comes from relationships in life. It comes from primarily my relationship with Christ and then the relationship with the people in my life who love me and care about me. My core identity is not I'm a priest or I'm a naval officer or I'm a father or, a, 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 you know, an American. It's that I am a child of God. I'm a child of God. That's my primary relationship. That's what gives my life value. We learned that the sheep are totally dependent on the shepherd for all, for direction, provision, health, everything that we need. And we're sheep. Sheep are not the smartest animal on the planet. In fact, sheep are kind of dumb. I hate to say it, nothing personal, but I'm a sheep. And, uh,. They have ways of, of just kind of wandering off and getting into trouble. And when, we left, when left to our own devices, we have a tendency of wandering off and getting into trouble. And that's why we need God to rescue us from that. And we need people in our lives who will come alongside and say, ah, you might want to rethink that. Come back into the fold. You've really strayed too far. Do we listen to those people? Do we listen to the Lord? I hope so. As we heard in the gospel today, Jesus is the good shepherd. He says, I shall not want. I shall not want for what I need, but I might want for what I want. and What I want isn't always good for me. Sometimes we live in somebody called it a prison of want, a prison of want. If more is always better than less for you, then you live in a prison of want. If joy equals the next delivery, the next transfer, the next raise, the next award, or the next promotion, you live in a prison of want. If joy depends on something you deposit, you drink, you drive, or you digest, you are in a prison of want, and that is not a good place to be. Because if you're living, by a, li- if you're living a life of comparison, somebody will always have more than you do. She's fine. She's fine. You're fine. I'm just scaring you now. Mm Mm-hmm. I lack nothing spiritual. I lack nothing temporal. I lack nothing emotional if Jesus is my shepherd. I decide not to desire more than the Lord gives me. It's called contentment. Paul talked about it all the time. I am content in all these different circumstances. I know what it's like to have a lot. I know what it's like to have nothing. But I'm content because I know that God is with me. He's my shepherd. I may not have what I want, but I always have what I need. It says we lie down in green pastures. Philip Keller, he wrote a thing called The Shepherd Looks at Psalm 23 writes that sheep do not lie down easily and will not unless four conditions are met. Because they are timid, they will not lie down if they are afraid. Because they are social animals, they will not lie down if there is friction among the sheep. If flies or parasites trouble them, they will not lie down. Finally, if sheep are anxious about food or hungry, they will not lie down. Rest comes because the shepherd has dealt with fear, friction, flies, and famine. Fear, friction, flies, and famine. And that's what he wants us to be. He wants us to be at peace. He wants us to be content because we know that he's there and he loves us and he's guiding us through this crazy life. He leads us beside still waters. He leads us. He never drives us. He doesn't crack the whip and beat us to go where he wants us to go. He leads us. We follow him. Sheep are led, goats are driven. The goat herder drives the goats. The shepherd leads the sheep. Sheep, goats, you want to be a sheep, not a goat, right? That's a goal. Sheep will not drink from running water. I didn't know that. They have to drink from still water, pools of water. He says he restores my soul. When the soul grows sorrowful, he revives it. When sinful, he sanctifies it. When weak, he strengthens it. So if you're, if you're dragging, if you're stressed out, he revives your soul. If you're moving off track and moving outside of the will of God, he moves you back into the will of God. If you will listen to him. When we're feeling weak and helpless, he strengthens us. He gives us what we need to keep moving forward. The soul, by the way, is me. soul is you, you, Caden, you. Mm Mm-hmm, I'm talking to you. The question is, where are you today? Where are you today with all this, you know? Are you feeling sorrowful, sinful, weak? He's there to help bring us back to where we need to be. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. He leads me in the way that I should go. He helps me to do the right thing. He helps me to be where I need to be. Um, I mentioned last week that there was a city council meeting because he wanted to make the city charter gender neutral. The The place was packed. The chamber was packed. We had like 15 people from Christ the King show up. And it was interesting because inside the chamber it says other, every other seat, don't sit here, don't sit here, don't sit here, don't sit here. Pfft, nobody cared. It was pretty full. The lobby was packed. Downstairs was packed. And in the end, 37 people spoke, and 36 were of the same mind that we are. This is really, we know your heart is right. We know you want what's best for the city. Please don't go down this road. You're opening a door, slippery slope. You don't want to go there. And in the end, the councilman that offered the, the – resolution withdrew it he withdrew it so they never voted on it so nothing's going to change in that way which is a good thing it is a good thing and if you want to know the truth it was like a church meeting I felt God's presence in that meeting as people got up and spoke really and you were there Debbie was there about you know a whole bunch of you were there and I felt like the church found its voice in a in a matter that re- that really mattered that had consequence to it and it was a good feeling because we were sort of coming together to make ourselves heard at a local level right at a local level and it was a it was a very powerful and um, encouraging situation but it wasn't Without risk, I mean, people look at that and they say, what do you think you're doing? Do you hate people and all the rest of it? Because there's always a risk. Um, If I decide to follow the path of righteousness, what are the costs? Instead of loving myself most, am I willing to love Christ best and others more than myself? Am I motivated by self-interest or motivated by a sacrificial spirit? Instead of being one one of the crowd, am I willing to be singled out, set apart from the gang? I told you the story about the fellow that um, he was a lawyer. When I was down at All Saints in Winter Park, I did the men's Bible study every Tuesday morning, and he was new to this. He was new to the Bible study world, and he came. And then he came in one day, and he says, well, I've done it. I've done it. Every time I would get back to the office and pull into my parking space at the law firm, I would put a, I'd have my Bible in my passenger seat, and I'd cover it up. Well, I'm no longer going to do that. If they see it, they see it. So for him, that was like a big deal. They would see his Bible. Oh, no, what does that mean? And then once a month, the boys at the, at the law firm would go to a gentleman's club for a business lunch. And everybody went, and everybody went, and everybody went. And finally, after this Bible study experience of his, he said to the people there, he says, I can't do this anymore. It's not who I am. Another guy said, oh, I've been waiting for somebody to say that. I'm not going either. And in about three months, nobody went. It took one person to stand up and be willing to take the hit. Oh, you goody two-shoes. Look at you, you Jesus freak. He, was, he said, fine, call me what you want. I don't care. I'm not going anymore. And that was all it took. Instead of finding fault with life and always asking why, I'm willing to accept every circumstance of life with an attitude of gratitude. Instead of choosing my own way, I'm willing to choose to follow Christ's way, simply to do what he asks me to do. These are hard things and only possible with God. And that's really true. I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. I don't run through the valley of the shadow of death. I walk because he's with me. He says, fear not, I will protect you. Be faithful to me. And in life we have valleys as well as mountaintop experiences. Have anybody noticed that? You don't always live on the mountaintop. Every now and then you kind of get into a valley and things aren't going your way. The circumstances that you're experiencing seem to be against you. And he says, fear not, for I am with you. The shadow of death. Donald Barnhouse said this to his six-year-old daughter after his wife's death. He found it difficult to explain to his daughter about death. They were standing on a street corner, and a truck rounded the corner very fast, frightening his little girl. He asked her, would you, would you have rather been run over by the truck or the shadow of the truck? Your mother was only run over by the shadow, and she's with God. Jesus was actually run over by the truck for me and for you, the shadow of death. You close your eyes here. You open your eyes there. Death is just transition to what God has for us on the other side. You may have heard me say this, all anxiety is due to uncertainty, once or twice. The question is, are we making the right decisions? We need to submit to the leadership of the shepherd. How do I make my decisions? I look for peace, clarity, and unity about these things. There's so many things that are swirling around in our heads and our lives today, in our culture today, that we've never thought about or experienced before. And it really could be a cause of anxiety because there's a lot of uncertainty out there. You hear talk of things like a vaccine passport, which will allow you to operate and live your life in our culture. Whether it be flying an airplane, go to a restaurant, go to a ball game, go to the movies, go to the church, whatever it might be. Hmm. How many would... Do that, and how many wouldn't? How would life change for people who said, no. That whole COVID experience is changing so many things in our lives, and there's just a lot of uncertainty. God is present in all of that. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, you know. What kind of a world are your kids going to grow up in, and how much control over that are you going to have, you know. My kids are 47, 45, and 42, okay? You never stop being a parent. I'm just saying. I love it when parents say, oh, thank the Lord, they're 18 or out of my hair. I don't have to worry about that anymore. Anybody ever thought that? No, it doesn't work like that, does it? When those times come... God tells us not to be afraid. The Lord is with us, I will fear no evil. Second Timothy, I've not given you a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind for every single circumstance that's going to come your way. When you stand up for God's word, you're going to have enemies in conflict. Remember that sign? Stand up for what's right, even if you're the only one standing. It says, For thou art with me. And he changes from he to you. It's more personal. A rod and thy staff, they comfort me. The the shepherd always had a rod on his belt, and it was a little short club to ward off animals or bad people, and he had a staff to help the sheep get out of a bad situation. There we go. The wiggle room. Oh, diaper change. Okay. Um, So he's there to protect us, to guide us, right? That's what this is all about. Thou preparest a table in the presence of mine enemies. It's interesting that context of 2 Samuel. David is here. Absalom is over there. They can see each other. When David came to Meshana, Meshobi, the son of Nahash from Rabbah of the Ammonites, and Makir the son of Amiel from Lodabar and Barzillai, the Gileadite from Rogalum I always have these names in here, brought beds, basins, and earthen vessels, wheat, barley, meal, parched grain, beans, and lentils, honey, and curds, and sheep, and cheese from the herd for David and the people with him to eat. For they said, the people are hungry and weary and thirsty in this wilderness, and they ate in the presence and the sight of their enemy, because God was with them, and that was okay. Anoints my head with oil. Kings and priests were anointed with oil, and also when a guest would come to your home, he would be anointed with oil, right? As a sign of respect and welcome. You'd wash their feet and you'd anoint them with oil, and I always have my oil stock with me for healing, right? It says, my cup runneth over. My cup runneth over. My cup runneth doth run over. It runs over because I know that God loves me. I know there are people in my life that care about me. My cup runneth over because of you in this place, because God has brought you here as a community of faith in this time for his purpose. And not everything goes great. I had an eye exam last week. Oh, boy, that's so much fun. Anybody have a word cataract? Not not big enough to get an operation, but there. Or how about glaucoma? I got to have a, I got to go a week from Monday. Yeah, to the eye doctor, see what that's all about. Life happens. I mean, when you turn 50, these things happen. <laughs> Just saying. Huh? No, but it's okay, you know. Life life happens, and you, you, you do what you got to do, and you do what you can do, and you live with what happens, right? Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. H.A. Uh, Ironside, a wonderful theologian, said, goodness and mercy are two sheepdogs that keep the sheep where they belong. Do goodness and mercy embody... Who I am. Is that who, who I am? Is that who God has called me to be? And am I living that out? Am I staying in the herd or am I wandering off and straying off by myself, trying to be my own shepherd? All the days, all the good days, the bad days, feasting and fasting, dark and light. Many of you are struggling today with something a relational issue, a personal issue, a financial issue, or whatever it is, issue, but you're still here. And no matter what your circumstances or situation is, God is with you. He's going to get you through one more day. And it matters that we know that. We love him, and he loves us, and we know that, we care, and we believe it says, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That is an assurance of salvation. The Lord is my shepherd. What more could I want? The question is, is he your shepherd? He's my shepherd because I've accepted him as my shepherd. Has you accepted him as your shepherd? Is what I've just talked about this morning real for you? Is he really your shepherd? I hope that he is. We have a video. the Lord is my shepherd. He knows me. He guides me. He protects me. He loves me. Amen.